Karen Thompson Anderson is one of the founders of the community organization Wise Women Rising. This weekend, Karen organized a conference where Wise Women Rising came together. And I'm so interested to hear what happened at that conference. Welcome, Karen. Ah, thank you, Kylie. It's delightful to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. Now tell me this conference, it sounds phenomenal how it started. Can you talk about it, please? Uh, happy to. Um, the conference was a, a coming together of the community of Wise Women Rising. I'm, I feel very privileged to be a, a part of that. There's some very um, dedicated and very warm hearts in the community that really support each other to live into our mission, which is actually to support each other with midwifing uh, precious work. So we're about helping each other to really live into our, our purpose, our sense of what our work is in the world. And, you know, part of that is about discovery. A part of that is about learning how to be together as a community to not only learn together, about how we support each other's work to be born, but also to really, uh, I guess, discover how to give each other feedback in a way that supports us to grow in confidence and also to shape what we offer so that it really not only meets our needs in terms of the, the work that we love in the world, but also that it meets the needs of the people that we're intending to serve. So we do lots of things and coming back to the conference last weekend was intention to explore together how we can do better at what we do. And as part of that, we, <laughs> we undertook what's called a dragon dreaming. And um, it started out in the morning that we opened up the, we open up the floor, we use open space, which is a, a method of hearing what's alive in everybody and what they're keen to, um, to discuss or what questions they have or, you know, what, what's alive in them to offer because everybody in the community um, offers something wonderful from creative arts to meditation to body work to visioning processes to empathy to all sorts of wonderful wise women work. And so if it's alive, uh, women will step forward and offer. And that's what happened in the morning. We, had a, we began with the intention to do some dragon dreaming and what I mean by that is simply a process to to step beyond what we imagine we should be doing in the world, to step beyond what we think society thinks we should be doing in the world, and to visit a deeper well of wisdom in ourselves to discover the work that's really calling us to do. So it's an extraordinary and, and so... Wow. <laughs> yes, it's really beautiful process. And we had three women step forward. One did acknowledgement of country, which led into being with the earth. We all went outside on our phones and devices and, and stood in nature and in our gardens and where we could. And we did some breathing and sort of connecting to the earth process and some visualisation. And then we came back inside and did some dreaming and sharing together of what came up for us in our process. So that was our morning. That was our first morning. And none of us knew that when we showed up at the conference on, on the first day that that's what we would be doing in the morning. So, and then the afternoon, by the afternoon we were dancing and, <laughs> um, you know, this is, it's the, it's the unconventional way of accessing the wisdom um, and, you know, joy and connection and 
these states of being, they're so fundamental to our thriving and being able to access our truth because uh, fear is a is an incredible inhibitor to us living the lives we're meant to be living. So, you know, we had to shake out and shake off, you know, the COVID stories and the things that, well, the big impacts that we're experiencing as a community and hold them with love and care, but also recognise like, okay, we now we need to play, we need to laugh, we need to dance, we need to access the wisdom so that we can be bringing work through that's filled with the sort of love and care and light and and hope that we that we're invested in. So yeah, big answer, lots of words. Wow, no, I was just uh, visualizing in my mind um, the process and going into that. I mean, I've helped organize this conference in the past, and it's been to the minute you have this and then you have this and then you have this that is a whole different way of experiencing yourself and it sounds really powerful so I wanted to ask you midwifing because I've really only heard that word around birth of human beings mm-hmm. um, so midwifing is what you're holding on to as midwifing precious work so what does that mean for you in this community Mm, great question. So midwifing was consciously chosen as women recognizing that anything creative, well, you know, all life is creative, but as when we're creating, we're often in a process where there's growth and contraction and moving forward and moving back mm-hmm. and actually breathing in and breathing out. Right. And so there's lots of like rest and pushing and then rest and there's also lots of you know moments where there's just a handing over of you can't control it it's about being with the process of of the birthing of the work so sometimes in conventional incubators because we we would say that in some ways we might resemble an incubator or a startup community but because we're for older women or mature-minded women um, who are particularly interested in bringing through precious work we see ourselves as a little bit unique uh, in that our processes serve that particular type of work you know we're not a community for people who are starting up Amazon businesses we're we're certainly a community for women who are very specific about having a sense of purpose and not always being 100% clear what that purpose or that work will look like. And and certainly once you're in alignment with your deeper sense of need and purpose, it can shift and change as you grow. It can, it can be contributed to a great deal by the women in the community who, you know, a big part of why I think this community is coming to life is that we inspire each other. And so we can come in with one idea And then in the process of discovery of having, you know, the possibility of trying your work and sharing it with other women in the community, you can you can book one on one time and and do sort of pilot one on one sessions or you can pilot a workshop and the women in the community will come and get behind you to do that. And so it allows you to experience the sort of um, real-life feedback. It's a really wonderful cycle process that sort of comes that sometimes we complete the work that we're meant to complete and we take a rest, but we can be supporting other women to birth their work and then we can come back in when the energy comes back up for us. You know, it's time to run another workshop or it's time to 
um, produce a new course or, you know, I wanted to start doing some speaking. So I'd like to share my stories and practice sharing my stories or, you know, and we have a couple of different hubs around um, women's types of work. So we have a creative healing arts hub and we also have a what's called nonviolent communication or it's the communications hub. But essentially the um, type of communication that we're supporting and growing in the community is around values communication. So Marshall Rosenberg's work in nonviolent communication is is something we really value and is something as part of the culture of the community. So it's how, you know, it really shapes how we give feedback and how we articulate our vision and our sense of ourselves without needing to um, criticise or use language in judgmental ways that doesn't really isn't really as life-serving anymore so yeah it's the sense of how we language in the community matters and and that hub and and those women in that hub are actually all teachers and learning how to share nonviolent communication so they they offer community workshops so that's, there's lots going on actually. yeah there is there's that's <laughs> It sounds very special because I'm 43, so I don't qualify as a wise woman yet. So I'm getting there. But the amazing support and I guess something that I would like to just recognize is that you're you're noticing and you're already knowing about the times of energy heightened, times of energy lull. That's never been recognized in my life. And I can see that throughout it as I speak to you now. Mm. And I think that's so important for women in general, but especially, I guess, why? women to acknowledge their real internal energy story that they have and how that can be supported in this community. So with the community, talk about precious work. So you've mentioned there's a healing arts hub and then a communication hub. So we're talking about people wanting to start businesses in these areas. Is that what we're speaking about? Mm, Thanks for the the chance to clarify um, first I just want to acknowledge 43 is um, beautiful age and certainly <laughs> I would encourage you to start to see your beautiful wisdom because no doubt it's within you and this is part of why we added the rising because we we don't imagine all women coming in with a huge sense of their own wise woman identity really well in, instilled like there's actually a real <laughs> sense of like women coming in going really like really like I just <laughs> I'd love to imagine that I might grow into a wise woman and maybe this is the place. So this is what, you know, our mission is in supporting each other to see into that place in us that can contribute our, our longings, our beauty, our, our wisdom in the world um, with, with less shyness, with less shame mm-hmm. because a lot of us get triggered and, and don't want to speak our truth in the world or don't want to be brave around our most vulnerable work because we we really have had so many experiences where our energy hasn't been recognised as, you know, having ebbs and flows. Our sense of our truth hasn't been encouraged because it can change things. It can be radical. So just to encourage you. Just to- <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and the other, I think, yes, there's a couple of hubs and we're looking at um, a third hub getting started around play and social change. So that's a really interesting mix of ideas together. But there's potential for play to be restorative and contributing to how we move forward with social well-being. 
um, in the new COVID reality we're living in. Social isolation has been a massive issue. Mm -hmm. And so how we heal that, how we address that, how we coalesce around this new reality and how we do that um, off screen, because we've all got very good at using Zoom and, and having new ways of doing things, which is wonderful and in lots of ways has enabled working from home and other new realities that we we hadn't um, really explored before and it's costing us less to run around in petrol mm -hmm. and it's cost, you know it's, it's there's some wonderful advantages but we really do need to see each other in in person too I noticed actually just taking a little side tangent uh, yesterday uh, I went out for a walk with a friend um, who was outside my 5k radius which is lovely to see her and walking near the Fairfield boathouse there and there's this there was this overwhelming sense of um, dogs and people and like every all these people sort of tentatively coming back out into the sunshine <laughs> and taking walks together. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. So this is like the new territory of how do we get back in person but do it in, a, in ways that are now more life-serving because I think we've learnt some lessons through our time already in COVID uh, conditions and especially in Melbourne, like we, we want to take care of each other. We want to, but we want to see each other and we want to be effective and meaningful about how we spend our time together in our work, coming back into face-to-face -face situations. Yeah, no, that's so true. So anyone that wants to get involved can get on your website, wisewomenrising.com.au and book a, an appointment with you, Karen, to discuss everything yeah, absolutely. That's, we've got the website set up there so that people can make inquiries. And just because we're very transparent about our development process, we're in the first six months of our pilot program of running the community um, for about 20 women at the moment. And we're imagining by the end of the year opening that up to start to expand to other members. We've been piloting um, one, of the, one of the central aspects of our community is our time bank. So when women are helping each other and supporting each other, being each other's clients and workshop participants and being in that exchange process, we we time bank all of that. So women can come in and they get uh, some time credits and then they are able to give and receive in the community in a way that gets honoured, honoured for their time that they give. And we're still exploring how to best evolve that time bank. Um, it's based on let the let or the local energy trading schemes that already exist in communities and usually let's type systems are for exchanging household chore jobs for you know gardening for house cleaning or gutter you know whatever mowing the lawns those sorts of trading exchanges for time and we've taken that time bank idea and we've applied it in the community to support the acknowledgement of women who give their time and support each other and we're now exploring how we do monthly get-togethers, gatherings, where we cultivate, sit in circles and figure out like, oh, what's alive in me to offer at the moment? Oh, I heard someone else's need over there. I could probably meet that. So we're, having, we're looking at how do we have gatherings where we support each other to get clear about the offers and the wants and the needs alive in the community. So we're in a pilot phase, essentially, exploring all of that and testing it and We've been ideating or thinking about this community for about 18 months, be nearly two years. So we've we've been thinking about it and planning it, but until we started living it, we couldn't, you know, you can't see a lot of what you need to see until you start learning by mm -hmm. doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a philosophy that we take to heart in the community. We really encourage each other to 
learn in a community where learning is really valued and piloting is our favorite thing to do. So we don't <laughs> we don't push anyone out and say, right, um, your you know, your ten days to launch plan, that's not our cup of tea. We're more like, come and try your first draft, your first iteration, come and try that with us and um and feel safe and in warm company to do it. So yeah, I think it takes a village to mm. raise a wise woman is what is one of the things I enjoy to say. No, I really love that idea, the trading of your time, your it's really your empathy and your showing up yes, for each exactly. other and then yeah. other people doing that for you. I think that is just amazing and so such an honourable thing to be doing. So I highly commend that. So awesome, Karen. Mm-hmm. So Thank I just you. wanted to go to, I found this fascinating on your website. It said you want to navigate, collaborate, disagree and deepen relationships. And I went, ooh, disagree. How do you do that? <laughs> Ah, it's so good that you bring this up because this is such a learning edge for so many of us, isn't it? So full on. I was like, oh my God, what? You disagree? Yeah, yeah. It's a a beautiful thing. And again, we're in the piloting phase of like how do we not only be in the messiness of having disagreement Mm -hmm. and also how do we set up our systems and structures to hold each other when we have disagreements. So a number of us in the community who've been working on the idea for the couple of years so far, we've had times where we've had significant disagreements, where we've had to call time out, um, and we've had basically a trauma has been triggered. So to explain yep. it a little bit more, what when I was talking about nonviolent communication before, one of the premises of nonviolent communication is that the stimulus is not the cause that's a shorthand but the stimulus means the person over there who said or did or didn't say or didn't do what we were hoping they would they're the stimulus but they're not the cause of the pain so right so they've been the trigger yep they're the they're the trigger but they're not the cause so the cause is actually what do we value what matters to us so much that when we hear someone else speak words that sound painful to hear, it's because there's something in me that really values, for example, to be seen in my integrity. Mm-hmm. And perhaps I've been, you know, something's been said to me that would have me trigger into, oh, my God, I haven't been seen for my intentions or I haven't been seen, I don't feel like I matter when I hear that, you know, being said. So it can be the smallest thing, as we all know, it, anyone who's had significant relationships knows that the smallest thing can mean the biggest thing. Mm. Um, So it's, it was actually really good process for all of us in the startup group, the core group to live it, to start to live it. And all of us have some degree of nonviolent communication training. So we all knew that when these triggers happened, that that calling time out and doing a period of quiet was actually to be able to reflect, contemplate and empathize with ourselves and then with the other person and then as we've come back together to communicate there was an there was sort of a period of acknowledging what had happened what the observations were you know when I heard you say such and such uh you know I felt really hurt and confused because I I was really needing some understanding some more understanding for what had been going on for me so I didn't feel like when you said what you did that I felt like I mattered so these are challenging conversations. These bring up 
you know, our, our safety issues in relationship? Like, how do I continue to be in this relationship having felt some sort of hurt, some sort of pain where I made an assessment that the other person doesn't care about me the way I thought they do? Yeah. And those sort of evaluations are just, they're so destructive to our well-being, not only because the relationship is then trying to navigate some recovery from the impact when there's disharmony like that, but also because we as the individual who might have perceived the hurt uh, really stresses our bodies to be in that sort of state of disharmony. So a lot of the communication intention is to self-soothe, learn how to do self-soothing in a way that I can self-empathise with my own pain. And then when we're ready, because we don't race to the empathy for the other until we've felt like we've really hurt ourselves and often we get supported in this process so we reach out to someone else in the community who understands and who can be a third sider someone who can listen impartially and support the process of the person connecting to their own needs and then then that person's ready to go back and have a conversation for recovery of the, the understanding and connection and in both cases that I was personally involved in those friendships have deepened, become richer, become more robust, become grittier. They've got more truth in them and they have a resonance of importance in my life that's really significant. So it's like the beauty of having conflict is that it can bring such self-awareness, it can bring such um, relationship richness that I think being in a community where it's valued is actually uh, life-serving as we see it. Wow, so cool. That is just amazing because I find it hard to assert myself. So those techniques I'm learning as well right now. Last week I did a course on them. So it's so refreshing to hear that that's part of the fibre, the fabric of wise women rising. So that's amazing, Karen. Uh, Yeah, look, we're very pleased to be able to... um hold the intention and then as I said we're in a pilot phase of development so we're just seeing how do we test this how do we keep growing these you know the sense of um, the structure as well as the culture like how do we navigate putting in those pieces so we can grow it because ultimately it'd be lovely to grow from 20 to imagine having hubs of women practicing birthing their precious work in these sorts of hubs and having the structures and culture to support them to feel really empowered to do that and and like I hear you about um, the learning curve that it is and I just feel inspired hearing that it's something you've committed yourself to so you know thank you for sharing that with me oh no thank you thank you so much so I would highly recommend if you are a wise woman or even if you don't think you are but you have something to share and would like to be supported in the community please go to wisewomenrising.com.au get in touch with Karen she's the contact person down there and just explore what you might have and even if you don't know what you might have but you're looking for some new purpose take the step push through the fear. Karen, it's been so wonderful having you today and listening to Lewis have his little bark in the background. That's so cute. So tell me, do you have a quote for me that you can share today? Oh, yeah, I think I would um, go straight to Marshall Rosenberg, Nonviolent Communication. And it's really uh, harking back to what I was just speaking about. But it's just analysis of others is actually an expression of our own needs and values. And that's Marshall Rosenberg who founded Nonviolent Communication and I, I just that helped always to remember that 
when I hear my judgment thinking, which is fine, judgment thinking is about how we discern things for in a life-serving way. But when we hear judgments in a, a less life-serving way, it's it's usually because we're we're seeing blame over there rather than connecting to our own needs and values. So it's such a potent idea and really has helped me grow my self-responsibility about my emotional life. And I think this is the time on the planet, considering how much we're in pain as a planet with different with different conflict, that these, this is the new sort of wisdom that will help us get through it. Oh, I love that. I love that. Because every time I'm triggered, I think you're so judgmental. You're so judgmental. But it's about coming back to empathy for what's going on within me and then, you know, stepping out of my boundaries and reaching out, really. So thank you so much for your time. You've taught me so much today and hopefully the rest of Australia as well. Thank you so much to Karen Thompson-Anderson from wisewomenrising.com.au and we will be back after this break. <laughs> 